Yar, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh, there's Chuck, there's Jerry, the scurvy dog, and this is Short Stuff. Like I said, I'm already wasting time. Let's start, Yar. <laughs> Good Lord. I can't believe this is a show. It is. Yeah. For like People 12 years listen. almost. Yeah. Ish. 11. I think Short Stuff in particular, though, Chuck, um, it has just about approached its one-year anniversary. Oh, that's great. Yep, the little bro. So let's talk about scurvy, which is uh, a disease that you can get mm-hmm. when you don't get enough vitamin C for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be a long period of time. If you go without vitamin C for a few days or a few weeks even, you're going to be fine. Right. But if you are, let's say, on a pirate ship and you go months without vitamin C, sure. then you're toast. Yeah, and technically any ship or technically any um, massive land movement where you don't have vitamin C in your diet. Or even if you just choose not to eat vitamin C. You, you can be yeah. living in the middle of an orange grove. Yep. Just a total jerk. <laughs> but it takes about it takes about like two to three months before the effects really start to set in. Um but it is really odd to think that, like, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. You could just remove vitamin C from your diet. It wouldn't be that hard. Um, you know, everyone thinks, like, well, yeah, oranges, lemons, limes, rich in vitamin C. Sure. True. But did you know that broccoli has about twice as much vitamin C as an orange? Yeah, and I love broccoli, and you hate it. You're, yes, but I would eat broccoli if I was starting to show signs of scurvy. I prefer to eat the, the oranges and the limes and the lemons because I love me some citrus. Sure, me too. Maybe a grapefruit here or there? Uh, not into grapefruit. A little bitter for me, but yep. I would I would choke it down if my life depended on it. Sure. You Ch- should try. I've got something for you then, Chuck. Oh, yeah? Fresh squeezed grapefruit juice uh-huh. and orange juice. Fresh squeezed in equal equal proportions. Yeah, I, I think I've had it mixed and, and can have it. And also think I have a thing from my childhood in the 70s and early 80s when a half a grapefruit covered in sugar was like a meal mm-hmm. for moms. Right. I don't know. It just bugged me. That and cottage cheese. Yeah, that was a super 70s diet thing. All right. So let's talk about vitamin C because it's super interesting to me Mm -hmm. that tons of animals, 4,000 kinds of mammals even, Mm -hmm. can produce their own vitamin C. But humans, primates more specifically. Yeah, that's a big one. Guinea pigs and fruit bats lost the ability to a long time ago. Yeah, and other animals can synthesize vitamin C, so they don't need to ingest it, um, like you were saying, because they have a functioning GULO gene, the GULO-NOLACTONE oxidase gene, which is beautiful words. Um, (laughs) But the GULO gene, we have a full script of it. It's there. There's just some mutation that occurred way back in our evolutionary history, which is pointed to by the fact that other apes can't synthesize vitamin C either. So this happened way before humans were around. And as a matter of fact, the fact that there we do have a GULO gene that is no longer functioning is pointed to as evidence of evolution by people who still argue such things. Um, but the fact that the GULO gene is there but not functioning is the whole reason we can't produce vitamin C. So we have to ingest it elsewhere, which wasn't a problem, at least at first, when we were just strictly a subtropical species like we evolved to be initially. Yeah, because we were surrounded by fruits and vegetables and ate them a lot. But then as we, you know, migrated around the globe to places Mm -hmm. where that stuff wasn't so abundant, it quickly became a problem. It did. And so um, 
there are vitamin C uh, pops up in other like non subtropical crops or crops that we've adapted to non subtropical climates, which is to say everything outside of the tropics and subtropics, right? That's right. Um, red peppers. Mm. Yeah, red peppers, potatoes, onions are another one. Sure. Uh, tomatoes. So there's tomatoes. it shows tomatoes, and actually, strangely enough, some raw meat. And then, say, like the livers of certain animals Ew. are also very rich in vitamin C, which is why um, people living uh, up in the Arctic Circle, like Inuit populations and other indigenous tribes that lived way far north, surprisingly didn't suffer from scurvy because they had plenty of vitamin C in their almost entirely meat-rich diet. That's right. It pops up in other places, but if you if you don't get it, you can't synthesize vitamin C, which is extremely important to building collagen in your body, which it turns out collagen is way more important than just keeping your, your the cuticles of your nails healthy. Yeah, we need collagen. It's a protein, and if you like your connective tissue in your body staying healthy and connective, mm-hmm. then you need that collagen. Uh, bones are going to get a lot of their strength from collagen fibers. Uh, if you have, like, a... A boo-boo on your skin. Yep. Collagen is going to heal it. It'll help the walls of your blood vessels stay strong and healthy. If you like to keep your blood inside your vessels, you're going to love collagen, in other words. That's right. And if you are getting enough vitamin C, which they say is about 75 to 90 milligrams a day, uh, you're going to be burning through about 8 to 10 milligrams uh, of this vitamin C if you want to keep synthesizing that collagen. Right. So you want to have a, a store, a reserve of it at sure. all times. And supposedly if your store drops below 300 milligrams, that's right. That's when the scurvy starts to happen. And it's going to first start to be noticeable very faintly. You're going to feel weak, yeah. maybe a little bit of fatigue. Sure. It's not going to be, you're not going to be like, it's scurvy. I'm, I'm a scurvy dog. Uh, it's going to take a little longer and some other stuff to really... Um, to really point to the fact that you are suffering from scurvy. You'll go through uh, weight loss due to reduced appetite. And then the real dead giveaway for a lot of people is that you start to get, your mouth just undergoes a massive horrific transition in a number of ways. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Uh, We're talking bleeding gums, swollen gums, teeth loosening and falling out. This is my worst nightmare. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, Joint and muscle pain. Your skin, like if you, you know, we we talked about the collagen helping to form scar tissue and heal Mm boo-boos, you will uh, not be able to heal your boo-boos, and old boo-boos might reopen because they're not healing like they should be. Mm -hmm. Bones start to become brittle. It's it's really, really bad and grotesque. It's a bad jam for sure. Um, And then eventually, because remember, your blood vessels are weak, and because you remember, we did our... uh, our um, episode, like, does the body really regenerate itself every seven or nine years or yeah. something like that? Your tissues are constantly being regenerated, but part of that regeneration is from a, a adequate supply of vitamin C. So if you don't have that, you're not regenerating these things. And then eventually, some really important blood vessels, like ones that um, that supply your brain or your heart with blood, are going to fail, and you're going to die of a blood hemorrhage in your brain or your heart. That's right. So let's take a break. And we're going to talk about what pirates and sailors have to do with all this right after this.
All righty. So we kind of gave it away earlier uh, by saying, you know, if you don't have vitamin C and you're in a place where you can't get it, scurvy will set in. Uh, early on, this was a problem like during the Crusades because armies were where there were no fruits and vegetables. Uh, during the Irish potato famine, it was a big deal. During the American Civil War, scurvy was a big deal. But the early sailors of the world, the Vikings and the Phoenicians, they had fruits and veggies, so they were all fine. Yeah. Uh, between 1500 and 1800, though, and this is hard to believe, it was the leading cause of naval death. Around 2 million sailors died of scurvy. Yeah, like far and away the leading cause. And it was like a really bad death. Like your gums would become so inflamed and swollen, they would grow over your teeth. Yeah. And so to allow you to chew your food, because otherwise you'd just starve to death because you couldn't eat, the, so the naval surgeons would cut your gums away to expose your teeth once more. This is the kind of like stuff that was happening to you as you were dying of scurvy. Um, and at the time, this is, say, like the, the age of discovery starting around, you know, the late 15th century, early 16th century, on to the middle of the 18th century, there were just millions of people died this way, suffered from this. And it's not like they didn't already know how to cure scurvy through, like, folk medicine. Um, here or there, people kind of figured out, like, oh, if you eat an onion, you're going to be fine, or try some citrus or something like that. But it wasn't, like, widely disseminated and certainly not scientifically-based knowledge until a guy named James Lynn came around. And in 1747, uh, he, I think on behalf of the Royal Navy, conducted the first controlled experiment that showed that citrus actually can cure um, scurvy. Yeah. I mean, James Lynn comes around, says, you're on these boats, you're eating hardtack, drinking beer and salted mm -hmm. meat, mm -hmm. and you're dying, grotesque deaths, throw a lime in that beer, and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Make it a Negro Modelo, and it's even better. Sort of, because scurvy can, I mean, it is really pretty easy to cure. You can... Add like you can reverse the effects of scurvy if you add that vitamin C back in, and mm -hmm. it's really easy as that. But they didn't have access to it. That's why it's so closely associated with sailing. Right. But it's still out there today. It's not like we cured and eradicated scurvy. I mean, cured, I guess, in a way, but we didn't eradicate it because in poor places where people don't have access to vitamin C, um, low-income families, even in the United States, mm -hmm. you see scurvy popping up every now and then. Yeah. It's a really sad situation. In orange groves where obstinate people are just sitting around. <laughs> That's right. Suffering from scurvy. Yeah, it is. So um, as as malnourishment has kind of increased um, because of the Western diet, so have cases of scurvy. Like in the developed Western world, people get scurvy. It's more, more frequently seen whenever there's like a terrible famine or something sure. like that. But it can happen in people's everyday lives. They can start to develop scurvy. The great thing is, and this is what Lynn showed way back in the 1740s, is that give somebody some orange juice or some vitamin C pills, and within 24 hours, their gums are going to stop bleeding. Yeah. Um, within three months, they should be expected to make a full and complete recovery. Like, it's extremely treatable. It's a really treatable disease. It's just before James Lynn came along and saved a lot of people from excruciating deaths, there was no um, kind of codified uh, knowledge about, about how to cure and treat scurvy. That's right. And after a few months, uh, you're completely fine. Yep. It's great. Yeah, it is. It's great. It's the best thing. Just go ahead and get some scurvy. Just keep some vitamin C nearby, and it'll be a wild ride. I've got two more things. Okay. One, I believe the reason why uh, the British are sometimes uh, pejoratively referred to as limeys 
is because of that lime juice ration that the sailors got to cure scurvy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And then the second thing, you said that scurvy was kind of a big deal in the Civil War. Um, I saw that there was a campaign poster in Chicago, I think, a union campaign poster that said, don't send your sweetheart a love letter, send an onion, because they knew that onions would combat scurvy. That's great. I think that's pretty great. It's a great, it's a great thing. We should start doing that for Valentine's Day. I love Sending it. onions. All right, Chuck, that's it for short stuff, right? That's right. Chuck said right, everybody. That means that short stuff is out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.